You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you seated family, please open your Bible in Matthew chapter 16. We began last time. Have you enjoyed Pastor Theo, Apostle Theo last week? Wasn't that a blessed time? Did you enjoy that? Yes. Hallelujah. Powerful message. Amen. I thought you'd enjoy that. We began the previous week having a look at understanding the anointing. Everybody say, the anointing. Matthew chapter 16, remember Jesus had been speaking to his disciples and discussing around who do men say that I am. And they got into reincarnation and started talking about things around those issues. And then he said, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered in verse 16 and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. On this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus, the Christ. Notice he didn't say, don't tell anyone I'm Jesus. <laughs> Everybody knew he was Jesus. He didn't say, don't tell them my surname's Christ. Because that's not his surname. And very often we conflate those two words, Jesus and Christ, like they're the same thing. Now, Jesus is the Christ, but Christ is not a name. We've learned that last time. Christ is a Greek word. And it's translated directly from the Hebrew word Hamasiah which means one that's anointed. The anointing was the oil that was poured over the heads of the priest, the king, and the prophet. And as that anointing was poured, that anointing was then rubbed over every part of that body so it covered the whole body, ran down all the way to the legs. This isn't what just like little, you know, modern day, little dab of oil on the forehead type of thing. No, you anoint, we take the whole bottle. You want to be anointed, that's what would happen. They anointed the entire body, totally. Covered over, smeared all over. And that is talking about the anointing. And so obviously someone that has the anointing on them is called the anointed one. So when you say the word masa, masa, I'm not Hebrew, so I'll just use what they tell me. You know, you can hear somebody says the pronunciations are. Have you ever looked up a pronunciation of a word on the internet? Sometimes you find two or three and everyone says it differently. Okay, now which one is it now? So, you know, excuse me, I'm not entirely Jewish. So, but I use the word the best way I know the way I read it. So Hamashiach means directly translated into Christos. And so the direct translation, there's no variation, there's no similar to it could be. No, the direct translation is the anointed. 
So we should have translated. And as we discussed last week, it would have solved many, many problems because otherwise we get to debating and you know, get all that squirmy around the word. Uh, no, no, the anointed is the one who has the anointing. If someone was wet, you can safely assume they got water on them. So when you say Jesus, the Christ, if we translated that correctly, is that He was Jesus, the anointed one. Who do men say that I am? You, the anointed one. Jesus looked and like, whoa, hang on. That's my Father revealed to you. Because up to that point, Jesus hadn't referred to Himself as the Son of God. He never introduced Himself as the Son. He came as a man. But something happened in that river when he was baptized. The Holy Spirit came upon him. And yeah, Peter's picked this up. And Jesus says, now don't tell anyone. Now why would he say, don't tell anyone that I am the anointed one? Well, if we keep reading and have a look here, what's he referring to is Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27 from the King James Version, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from your shoulder. Talking about the enemy's burden. His yoke from thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Not broken. You know, we say the anointing breaks the yoke, which is true, but this isn't breaking that you can put it back together. This is the word used here, the way it's described in the Hebrew, is it's destroyed beyond merit. This is crushed to powder. It, it, is, it is irreparable. And so when God does something, He does it right. And He moves into your life to get the yoke that the enemies try to put on your life, the anointing. If you understand the anointing, not just going to church and saying, Jesus is my Lord. And then struggling to get to heaven one day. Oh, Jesus, come, I just want to go to heaven. When you understand the anointing, the anointing doesn't just get you feeling good. The anointing doesn't just solve the problem for the next day or two. The anointing destroys what the enemy tried to do in your life. I don't care what has happened, what anybody said in your past. I don't care what addictions you had in your life. I don't care what the mind has done. I don't care what has damage been done to you. No matter what the enemy try to bring against you, the anointing, if you understand it and walk in the fullness of it, it will destroy that thing and all the effects it has and totally restore you in Jesus' name. Someone shout amen. This is what we're talking about. This Jesus had this anointing to remove burdens and destroy yokes. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 14, Luke chapter 4, verse 16, Jesus got up one day and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. As his custom was. As is custom. What's another word for custom? Habit. Say this. Jesus had a habit of going to church. Now back then, they weren't yet meeting as a church on a Sunday as we do today. And there's a whole teaching behind that and revelation. I don't have time to get into that now. 
But at that time, they would meet in the synagogues on Saturday. Now, Jesus, the Word, the one who does not need to be taught anything, the one who is the teacher, the one who wrote the Word himself, he is the Word. In fact, he didn't write that people wrote what he said. He is the author of that word. Felt it necessary to go to church every week. Say amen. I just just don't know if I should go to that church. I'm not learning anything more. What? Now Jesus, this time he got up to read, but you know he didn't read every time. There were, there were rabbis, there were teachers, but it was his custom. Every single week he went to church. Hello? Having believed Jesus is your Lord. Now remember, we've already start, discussed this. I didn't ask if he's your Savior. Savior is by grace you save by faith. Lord, he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things I tell you? And he, Jesus went to church, setting an example for us. Hallelujah. And he didn't join online. (laughs) Why I didn't have the internet there. Can you see Jesus sitting at home in his pajamas and eating oats and drinking coffee watching? I I just just don't see it. If if there's a possibility to be with the people, he will be with the people. Isn't that right? Now, as I said, if someone's watching at home and you can't get to a building, that's why we have the technology then please use it. If you're traveling, you're overseas, and you still want to be at home, that's the beauty of it. It doesn't matter where I am, I can still connect back home and often do where I'm part of the service here, even though I'm not here physically. But if I'm in the town, I want to be in the house. Come on, how do you say amen to that? So Jesus got up. He's now in church. If you want to be pedantic, synagogue, but you understand what I'm saying. And on the Sabbath day, he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Now, you and I would look up Isaiah 61. But you know, in those days, they didn't have the actual chapters and the numbers. We have it today for index system, so it helps. But he knew exactly where to find it. And yeah, it's in Isaiah 61. Now, remember, we've just read Isaiah Chapter 10. So it's the same flow. Same flow. Everyone say same flow. same flow. And he starts reading from chapter 61 of Isaiah, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit. Everybody say the Spirit. Spirit. And who's that? That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is upon me because He has anointed me to. There's a reason for the anointing. He anointed me to preach what? The gospel to the poor. Everybody say gospel. Now here's another English word that we've now religiousized. The word gospel is simply good news. Good news. Everybody say good news. 
Now, you keep referring to this. We'll see it as we go along. I don't have time to look it up today, but it's going to be part of our study. Is you will come across phrases, the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ. Now, why would they refer to the gospel of Christ? Because, yeah, he's introducing it. He's anointed me to preach the gospel. What did he just say? The Spirit has anointed me to preach the gospel. What? Why am I anointed? To preach what? Good news. Of what? What that anointing will do. So I'm going to teach you the gospel of the anointed one. Yes, the gospel of the anointed one. The gospel of the anointing is to the poor. Hallelujah. Now, what do you know about the gospel? What do you know about the anointing? It removes burdens and destroys the yoke. I'm yet to teach the good news of the anointing to the poor. You can stay poor. Just hang in there till Jesus comes. Is that good news to a poor man? Don't worry about all those rich people. You're suffering for Jesus. No. How many you know poverty is a yoke? Anyone who says that poverty teaches people lessons, it keeps you pious, it keeps you humble, hasn't been poor enough. Poverty does not mean you've got just a little home with a a single car outside and you struggle to pay your rent every month. That's not just poverty. Anyone that says that's simply poverty, that person in in a one-bedroom home with a little car and and, and still can pay some kind of rent with lights and water running is, is, is a rich man to the majority of this world who are stuck in abject poverty that you go and you wake up every morning thinking how am I even gonna get to tonight let's not get all falsely humble because we struggling to pay our rent that's not necessarily poor I'm talking about a bondage that holds people in slavery and they struggle and battle. And many, many of us here have come out of that situation. And if you stand up and tell them, oh no, I'm poor. And they look at you, <laughs> you've got no understanding. Because poverty family, according to the word you study out, the purpose of poverty is to destroy until someone's dead. That's the purpose of everything Satan does is to steal kill and destroy and poverty breaks people it breaks families it hurts people it is a bondage it's a yoke who wants to get up at three o'clock in the morning just to get going to travel miles to get to a job that hardly even pays you worth time to even buy lunch and then come home at nine o'clock and never see the kids they're living in another town with granny and and are you getting a hold of these things that is not life We were never meant to live like that. And the enemies used that to keep the human race in slavery. And Jesus said, I don't expect anybody to live that way. 
And anybody wants to debate that with me, you're going to come up against the Word of God. This is one thing I take very seriously because I hate it with everything because Jesus paid the price for it. And these people are coming, oh, it's just the prosperity. No, this is something Jesus destroyed on the cross that cost Him His blood. And He came and He said, the first thing He opens His mouth is the anointing is upon me for good news to the poor. That's His first statement. This is right after he's been anointed, went into the, uh, the, the desert, came out with power, that Holy Spirit, that anointing, and he gets up and his very first Holy Spirit-filled anointed message, he opens up and says, the first thing I want you to know is the anointing destroys yokes and I've come to give the poor good news. I've come to break that. I've come to destroy poverty. We're never going to glamorize poverty, not in this place. Come on, can I get a bigger amen? Say this, poverty has been destroyed. The anointing destroys poverty. It doesn't hold you anymore. I said it doesn't hold you anymore. Now people can be set free and land up in a place of God providing and they can be set free and eventually they have the nice house and they have the nice car but can still be stuck in a poverty mindset. And that's how the enemy will slowly claw you back and then wonder why I've got everything and God set me free and I've got this nice house and nice car. Why am I still struggling? See, we, we stuck in that mindset. But family of God, if we understand the anointing, you can go and put that anointing into power and into action and that anointing will destroy that yoke. What's Christ mean? The anointed one and his anointing. Keep that in mind every time you hear Christ. Paul was writing to the church in Philippi and he got through the whole concept of being a partner and thinking of them all with joy and how you sent gift for me here. Even in Thessalonica, you provided my every need. Not that I'm looking for the need, I'm looking for the gift that, supply, that abounds to your account. The, the, God said that He will provide for you. And then he gets to... and. My God, Philippians 4.19, shall supply how much? How much? All your need, how? According to His riches, where? In glory, how? By? By? Translate and meditate. By? The anointing of Jesus. The anointing destroys yokes. Your every need is supplied. I don't know how God's going to do it. Don't worry about that. You trust the anointing. Put that anointing to work because it's riches according to His riches. His, not your bank account, not your boss's ability to pay you. His riches by the anointing. The anointing is what's going to bring it in. Give Jesus praise if you've got a hold of that. 
He sent me, in brackets, anointed, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Remember, the anointing enables this. Recovery of sight to the blind. The anointing. I'm anointed to set at liberty that those, those who are oppressed. I'm anointed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes were fixed on him and he began to say to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today the scripture is fulfilled. Now you notice it says he began to say. Why would it say that? You keep reading, they got upset with him. You keep reading, they wanted to kill him. They decided they're going to throw him off a cliff. Now why is that? Family, it hasn't changed today. They don't throw us off cliffs anymore. But they will try throw you off a social cliff. Anyone that stands up and says, I am anointed. See, that's what, that's what the key. That scripture that he read, they've read it before. That, that's what they did. Every synagogue they came together, they would get up and read something from the word and guaranteed somewhere along the line, they must have got to that point. And they would have got to that and said, and Isaiah says that there's an anointed one coming. Yes, amen, hallelujah. And when he comes, the Spirit of the Lord's upon him. Yes, amen, hallelujah. And when he comes, he'll preach the good news to the poor. Yes, amen, preach it, Rabbi. <laughs> and he'll remove burdens and he'll... Heal the broken heart and preach deliverance to the captives. Recover your sight of the blind. To set at liberty those that are oppressed. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. Well, I'm here. What? <laughs> Everything was amen to that point. But let someone stand up and say, I am that anointed. Now they wanted to kill him. I mean, they went around and, you know, all, everywhere he went. They, they, he, Jesus took this anointing and he was preaching the gospel. He was trying to get people saved and healed and delivered. And he'd go around and there were mighty miracles, mighty signs and wonders, demonstrating that anointing. See, that's what Peter was seeing. He was seeing, this is not just a man preaching. When, when any, he gets near somebody with a problem, that problem is destroyed. And he saw blind eyes, destroyed. And that could see again. He saw deafness destroyed and that man could hear. He saw leprosy destroyed. Who would think someone could do that? Providing for 5,000 men plus women and children. That's some work of the anointing. This is what Peter was seeing. He said, hang on, this is, what I, this is what I'm getting here. And then Jesus would go to his hometown I mean, you want to take home what you've been experiencing abroad? 
I got some friends back home. Guys, I grew up at school and I know people have been struggling and I know Uncle Joe over there, he's battling and, you know, I need. And he came to town and he couldn't do any work. He couldn't, not, nothing was working. And they, we know your father. We know your brother. We know your sisters. We know What's that got to do with it? What's that got to do with it? You see, back then, they didn't think of Mary like, you know, a lot of religion does that. Oh, Mary, mother of God. You know. No, no, she wasn't the mother of God. She gave Jesus his body. She, she, yes, she's mother to the baby, the, the, the man. That was just the body. But Jesus is, is the son of God. Mary, was, she, she just was the body to give him a physical body on the earth. Are you with me? So they didn't, even, they didn't think of Jesus as, you know, something special. It's just like, that. oh, no, she's Mary. And, and, you know, with Mary Joseph, we're still unsure of how that baby came. And, you know, and uh, he, he grew up with us, you know. She had, you know, got all, all these other guys as well. And then uh, this, this one guy, I mean, uh, he went into the ministry and went all nuts. And, you know, and <laughs> as it says that, they thought he was a lunatic. <laughs> so who's this guy coming here with his anointing? See, family, the only way the anointing flows and works is you have to receive it. There's a two-way transaction. One carries the anointing and imparts, but it has to be received. That'll help you understand. You know, if, 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 if you believe in healing, why don't you just go in the hospital and empty all the beds? Here's why. Because it's not, Jesus didn't even go around and go, healed, 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 healed. No, even the blind man, son of David, have mercy. What do you want? That I can see. Do you believe I'm able to do this? See, if you understand the anointing, you don't see Jesus as his magician. He was a man walking with this anointing. Burden removing, yoke destroying power. But it had to be received. It had to be received. And that's why in his hometown, he couldn't do anything. He saved, you know, just a few little mild ailments were healed. You could see his desire was to heal. Hallelujah. Now you'll understand having what I've said there. Remember Matthew 16 verse 20, he commanded them, don't tell that I am Jesus, the Christ. Why would he say that? Because that anointing, just to stand up and say he is the anointed one, even to impart that knowledge, takes power. It's not the 
Logos, just the knowledge, Jesus is the Christ. It is a revelation that must be received. And if you haven't received the revelation of the anointed one, somebody can go out religiously, stand up in a pulpit. Have you ever been in a service? And I'm not putting any churches down there, so I'm not gonna name any names. But you've been in a church service where you sit there and you even wonder what the guy's saying. Come on, have you ever been there? I mean, it's like you can sit through a whole message and you walk out and you can't even remember you don't it didn't touch anything. You didn't. You just went. Oh, what is the time? We got to get out of here. Come on. How you know what I'm talking? You know how many tiles are on the roof and how many you've counted. Why? There was no anointing. He was just. He was. You could just about just as well have been reading from Shakespeare. And someone might have enjoyed that more because it was on that level. There was no anointing involved. Jesus saying, if you're going to talk about the anointing, you better make sure that you understand that anointing. Not only that, but you must be anointed to do it. Have a look at chapter, Luke, Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Now he said, I'm going, but when I leave, you're gonna wait. You're not just gonna go out. He just said, go make disciples. Didn't he say that? He said, go make disciples of all nations. There is travel, you're gonna cover the world with this message. But when I leave, don't go anywhere. There's something that has to happen before you start with this commission. Tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. It takes the anointing to preach the anointing. Now, what was the message? Remember, Jesus said, the word says, he began to say. This is fulfilled in your hearing. What would his message have been? Well, he would have gone from that place and continued preaching it. Isn't that right? Now, this is his message. I've come to tell you the good news. So everywhere he went, he preached the kingdom of God. And you notice every time he preached the kingdom of God, people got healed. He preached the kingdom and healed the sick. He preached the kingdom and healed the sick. You, you see it all over. That was his ministry. What was his message that day? If they let him finish, what would he have said? Is that a good question? How many would like his notes? Come with me to Acts chapter 10. Now remember, who got the revelation that he is Jesus the Christ? Peter. Jesus said, who do men say that I am? We just read it. You are the anointed one. He says, now I'm going to use that to build my church. So that must have mocked Peter. I go, oh, come on. 
Man didn't reveal that to you. Heard from my father. <sighs> that must have marked him. You know he took notes that day. And then he says, now don't tell anyone I'm the anointed one. When can I do it? When can I do it? I, I heard from heaven, man. When can I do it? Now stay in Jerusalem till you receive power. Okay, I'm waiting. I've, I've got a message in me. I said, I got a message in me. And what happened? The Holy Spirit fell. Isn't that right? On that day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell. And whoa, gee, Peter gets up. This is that. This is, this is that. This is, this is what we're spoken about. I'm endued. I'm empowered. I'm anointed. I've got, Jesus said, don't tell anyone until you have power. We got the power. I can tell. And he, and he burst out of that room and he got 5,000 people saved that day. What was the message? Acts 10 verse 34, Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive God shows no partiality. Now he's talking about these people that were Gentiles, that have just been baptized with the Holy Spirit. He sees the anointing, enter a Gentile. God shows no partiality. But family, in studying this, I'm gonna show you from the Word. It's gonna to have to be next time. But I'm gonna take you somewhere today just to round up here. He shows no partiality because he watched his Jesus walking in power. And now he's walking in the same power. Jesus is the Christ. And I just did what he did. And these people are, he used me the same way he used Jesus. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, what word? That word that he sent, preaching peace, how? Through Jesus, the anointed one, he is Lord of all. That word you know. What word, Peter? That word which was proclaimed throughout all Judea. <laughs> what, what word was proclaimed throughout? Now, how was it proclaimed all throughout all Judea? Jesus. Who else was preaching? Until <laughs> yeah, this was proclaimed all throughout all Judea. Who? Jesus. What word was he proclaiming? He began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. What word, Peter? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and went about doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed by the devil for God was with him and we are witnesses of all the things that happened because of that. They watched that anointing in action. What was Jesus' message? How God has anointed me to preach good news. 
with the Holy Spirit and with power. And because of that anointing, went about doing good and destroying yokes, healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. That was the message. They didn't have Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and let's go and see what this verse says in seven different ways. Every time you went to church, you heard how God anointed Jesus. The message was Christ. I said the message was Christ. Now listen to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to wrap up here. How many of you born again? Keep that hand up. Say, as a born again child of God, I was born of His Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that anoints Jesus is the Holy Spirit that brought me to life. That Holy Spirit dwells within me. The same anointing is in my life. I am an anointed one. Ephesians 4 verse 11. God Himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. For what reason? For equipping the saints of the work of ministry. For what? For edifying the body of, the body of, the body of, Christ is a Greek word, the body of, the body of the anointed one, the body of the anointing. God has given you the five ministry. I am in your life to develop this anointing, the recognition of the anointing, the illumination of the anointing, the information, the understanding, the revelation to see you're anointed. Have you in the body? Listen, if I jumped in a pool, everything gets wet. That's why you need to have a fivefold ministry. You need to have a past in your life. Otherwise, you sit at home and read the Bible. Okay, amen, amen. One day I'll get to heaven. No, you're anointed. I said, you're anointed. For what reason? To do the work you're called to do. Equipping you for work. Till we all come to the unity, verse 13, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the, of the fullness of the full power of that anointing in operation. Now let's be honest today. Does the church reflect the anointing? Practically, worldwide I'm talking about, not one congregation, two groups, I'm talking about the church. The way Jesus walked in the earth, not yet. Don't tell me apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers have passed away. 
until we see this anointing flowing in full power, you're always going to need an apostle. You're going to need a prophet. You're going to need that evangelist, that pastor, that teacher. Why? Because we're growing in wisdom. We're coming into full knowledge. We're understanding what the message is. Do you preach Christ? Yes, amen. Well, what do you preach? Well, Christ. What does that mean? Well, you know, Jesus, Christ. No, no. What, 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 what are you preaching? Christ. Translate, meditate. Preaching the anointing. What anointing? Remove burdens, destroys yoke. So healing hasn't passed away. You try and preach healing's passed away, you're denying the anointing. Because that anointing still removes burdens. It still destroys yokes. And God is developing His church to be aware of that so we can walk in the fullness of it. Hallelujah. Say, thank God. I'm in a house where Christ, the anointed one, His anointing is preached. Give Jesus praise. Amen. Come on. Let's stand together. Just raise your hand to the Lord and say, thank you, Father. Today I've heard your word. And that word has brought faith to my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. And as a hearer of God's word, I'm also a doer. And I recognize that Jesus is the anointed one. And as a born again child of God, the same Holy Spirit dwells in my heart. And I am also anointed. The same anointing that's on Jesus is on me. It's in me, flows through me, covers me. And I can say just the same way Jesus said that I am anointed to preach good news to the poor. God has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I am anointed by the anointing of the presence of the Holy Spirit. All glory to God, all glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen.